0: Welcome to the CTO Studio. This week we are talking to Kimberly Owen, who is my favoritist person slash recruiter. I ask her all the questions that uh, I want to ask about recruiting process, so stay tuned.
1: The hard questions.
0: The hard questions.
1: Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. see, see. <laughs> it, it looks something like you.
0: Welcome to the CTO Studio. I'm your host, Etienne de Bruyne. The CTO Studio is where we chat with CTOs building amazing products with incredible teams. Have you chatted with a CTO lately? Welcome to the CTO Studio. Today, a great friend of mine, but also a huge asset. To the CTO community. Kimberly Owen.
1: Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm pretty good. It's Friday.
0: It's, it's, well, it's Tuesday.
1: In the virtual world?
0: It's Tuesday when this gets released.
1: Oh, hi, everyone. It's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> we can edit that.
0: <laughs> no, there's no editing. What? There's this no show editing. is 100%.
1: Oh, is it Real. Like, Is it like Graham Norton? Do you ever watch the Graham, Norton Graham Norton I love Graham Norton. So, if it were like Graham Norton, you'd have a selection of beverages. Oh, oh, I see. Yes, but you didn't offer champagne.
0: Ah, uh, but you know the problem is, you by the time I do all of these in one day, so I'd be completely hammered.
1: Right, but they're for your guests, Etienne.
0: Oh, uh, does Graham also drink?
1: Yes, he does, but he's a lush. That but it is such loose, a great it show. Their I love
0: that show so much. Me
1: too.
0: Yeah. So, are you from um, the Ireland?
1: No, <laughs> I'm from England. Yes. How
0: do you feel about Brexit?
1: Oh goodness, I think they should have another referendum because everyone made a very poor decision. <laughs> they just need to have a do-over. Did you
0: see that right the day after the vote? The highest search term in Google in the UK was what is the European Union
1: <laughs> <laughs> no I didn't that's very disturbing
0: and what seemingly no one knew what, what
1: well no they need to have a, a recount but they need to say that your IQ has to be over a certain level otherwise you're not allowed <laughs> to vote
0: it's such an absolute I it's mean, a
1: mess it's a big mess
0: now and, and Theresa May I, I kind of felt Kind she's, of for the first time, she's I've,
1: hanging in there, isn't she? Yeah. By the skin of her teeth. Yeah. I'm
0: amazed she survived. Well, who knows? By the time this is, Britain may be gone.
1: Yeah, you might not even be able to fly there because it'll be such a mess. Go by boat. I,
0: I think maybe. I heard today or yesterday that they, there's a hole in a hole that they're trying, they're trying to cover between <laughs> Northern Ireland and.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. They the, want a soft border. Yeah, yes, not a hard border. Yeah, yes. it's tricky. At least they're not bu- building a wall. Yes. Hmm. We're not supposed to get political on this show, are we? <laughs> That's what happens when you get someone from South Africa and someone from the UK. Like,
0: this show is whatever we want it to be. Okay. I just want you here. That's all I want.
1: Oh thank you. Thank you for
0: having me. So what do you think the wall's gonna be built?
1: I think it is, yeah.
0: There was just a horrible story in the news today about that a young seven year old who died of dehydration.
1: Oh I didn't hear about that. That's depressing. Yeah, actually, all the people who are the asylum seekers who have been detained south of the border seem to be in pretty appalling conditions. I've been following some news feeds on Instagram of a reporter who's been with them, sort of with the caravan, um, and she posts um, stories of individuals, and, yeah, it's pretty heart-wrenching what they're going through.
0: So you are a CTO... (laughs) I told you for this show you have to pretend oh. to be a CTO. Oh,
1: okay. Sure.
0: How's your team doing?
1: Uh, fantastic. <laughs> they're amazing. <laughs> I love them.
0: Very okay. good.
1: Yeah, our one-on-ones, are, they're marvellous.
0: Oh, good. You probably have the lingo down because of what you do, right?
1: A little bit. I don't know if I could really fake it. So
0: you are in the recruitment space. Yes, And And uh, have you guys…
1: I've been recruiting for 23 years. That is amazing. Yeah that was like I started before i was, when born. I was a baby. <laughs> straight <laughs> out of the womb, womb, recruiting recruiting i can i recruiting can see that in kindergarten. i can see that yeah
0: and uh, where where have you been recruiting
1: i recruited in london first of all i used to recruit for a company called harvey nash who um basically they placed most of the ceos and ctos in london so it's search and selection and then i moved to san francisco and worked in Silicon Valley in the dot-com boom, the first one, okay.
0: nine, 1998. Wow, that's, 98 was when I was <laughs> in was Germany. That was
1: really fun, and um, yeah, it was a crazy time. Did uh,
0: you come across uh, through, did you get a green card or a, oh, does, what, what's the visa? I Lisa actually have an American from? passport. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's a well-kept secret, so they let me in.
0: Were you born in the States? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, whereabouts?
1: born here and then um, south dakota in, in la and then shipped off to the uk when i was a few months old because mm, um they wanted like puppies to a, a better accent
0: yes
1: yes oh. <laughs> so now i'm back home and um yeah so that was the first time i'd actually lived in the us was when how, i moved to san that? francisco it was amazing it was such a great time to be there obviously to be in technology recruiting um everybody was hiring everyone was very excited there was a lot of Um, VC money floating around. We used to go to. Was
0: there reckless hiring? Yes. Oh,
1: absolutely. It was literally a case of you know someone would phone up and say we need twenty Java developers and we need them next week.
0: And you'd be like, I
1: I would say, well, I've got this one guy who kind of knows Windows. Like, is that okay? And they're like, yes, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was insane. It was like the Wild West. So anyone who knew anything about tech just got hired. Um, but that lasted, that was a, a very brief bubble.
0: Mm. Cra- the, the crash was 2000, right? Around
1: 2000, 2001, mm. the cracks started appearing. Um, and yes, we used to log on to a website when we came into work every morning. In the early days, it was called SF Girl, and it would list all of the launch parties uh, where people were spending VC money recklessly on like a bowling alley in the basement or something. Um, and we'd, so we'd eat for free. And that went on for two years. And then the last two years I was there, we'd log on to a company uh, we- company website called eftcompany.com, the politically correct way. And we'd check to see if any of our clients had gone through Chapter 11 bankruptcy. So it was like
0: <laughs> <dot laughs> com. Yes. Wow, that's complicated
1: com was a, a list of all the chapter uh, 11 filings from the day before as the bubble burst and
0: and what did you do with that list
1: well we were just prayed that none of our clients were on there
0: oh mm. uh, cuz then you would cuz the way it would work is you would then lose or, the contingency? You know, we put or people
1: into jobs in good faith, hoping that they would continue working there. And so you obviously don't want your people to get laid off. And also um, a lot of people are on contract. Mm. So, yeah. But why
0: do you want people to not be laid off? Because, be-
1: because wh- these are life-changing decisions. You know, when you're working with a candidate, you're… They're trusting you to help give them advice and guidance on their next career move. And if you put them into a company that then goes bust, you know, you just feel responsible. And, you know, they've taken that job over and above maybe another position that they could have taken. Is that
0: what separates you from other recruiters that you you care about?
1: conscience. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. You know, recruiters get a bad rap. Um, A lot of the business that people do is very transactional and um i do get a lot of referrals from candidates saying hey i've really enjoyed working with you i want to refer you to this person i told them you were great you know you made me feel like i was the only candidate in the job market and i really appreciate all the sort of personal touches um but i do think that's really important because this these are massive life-changing decisions mm. you know your career is such a big part of who who you are it kind of defines you in a lot of ways and um, I think some recruiters lose sight of that and they're just all about, you know, chasing the, the numbers or the deal. Mm. Um, and often I will give, you know, maybe unsolicited <laughs> advice to candidates, but I'll say, you know, let's try and look at this objectively. Here are all the reasons why I would take the job. Here are the reasons I wouldn't take the job. I never pigeonhole or force someone into a decision because ultimately that never works out. They end up leaving within a few months or, you know, being unhappy. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. I think it's it's
0: having the wherewithal to, to say, if I follow my personal values as a recruiter, that good karma will come from that. Exactly. Even if I don't cash a check.
1: Exactly. So the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, you referred me to someone, Benji, from Galley Do you Remember? Many referrals. And I went and had coffee with him um, in South Park. Um, he just moved there, him and his wife. And he was telling me, you know, basically he has a bootstrapped startup and he needs to hire people. And he asked for my advice. And I I told him, look, your best, you know, uh, action right now is to go to your network. If you work with me, I can find you people, but you're going to pay a fee. And from what you've just told me about the growth of the company, you're not in a position to pay a recruiting fee. Mm. So... Let's stay in touch. Let's link on LinkedIn. You know, in the future, when you get further funding, I can definitely help you. In the meantime, everything you told me about this search that you have, I know the perfect candidate. They're just in the top of my head because I just spoke with them and I've placed this guy before and he's amazing. And actually, he would love what you're doing. He's really passionate about pair programming. He's really into, you know, the tech stack you're using, Node.js and React and I know you guys are going to hit it off and he's not your typical startup guy. Like if you saw him on paper, you'd probably be like, no, I'm not going to talk to that guy because, you, know, um, you know, he's maybe in his fifties and he's kind of been around the block and you probably think, oh, maybe that that's not what I'm looking for in terms of a profile. But I just know you guys will get on. So I'm going to introduce you because I think it will be a good match and we'll just, you know, pay it just forward. Just like,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and he made him an offer today. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So obviously I'm not earning a commission from that, but it was kind of cool because I know that Carl's really happy about that job and he's really excited and he wow. called me today to say "And Benji's, I got the I know, offer.
0: I know him and he's amazing. And
1: Benji's going to like really benefit. So that kind of makes me happy. That made me smile. That was a win today. Yes. It wasn't a monetary win, but it was wow. a, a win all the same.
0: Now, if, if, if Benji paid you the contract fee, I would have been eligible for a little kickback?
1: <laughs> well, maybe.
0: So by you offering your service for free, you kind of disappointed me as an investor.
1: Oh, should I have caught you? <laughs> should I have run that past you? Don't you think? That goodwill gesture. Don't you From think? now on, if I'm ever going to do anything, out of the goodness of my heart, I will check with you first, Essie.
0: Only if I have referred them, because then I have a vested interest in the outcome.
1: Yeah, okay. The other
0: people, I don't care.
1: Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> It's, let's call it a lost leader. A lost who, leader. Who do you think Benji's going to call when he needs to recruit? As usual. You or me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, is that, is, is, that, is that what you see?
1: Now I'm going to get every CTO calling me and being like, hey, how about a freebie? <laughs> Give me a free referral. Yeah, I know you've yeah. got someone in but your mind, Kimberly.
0: That's why I'm trying to bring it back to fees <laughs> and kickbacks.
1: Okay, sure. <laughs>
0: You know that person that's in your mind? Can I Can I have that person? That's what they're going to say.
1: Yes, they are. Yeah. That IP is very expensive.
0: When should CTOs quit their networks and just go with recruiting?
1: Well, I guess you've got to weigh up how quickly you need the product development to happen. You know, so when you get speed. to that point where you, yeah, really, it's... How quickly are you bringing that product to market and what's the trade-off?
0: When, so when you say, so I like that. So when you say tap into your network, do you have, uh, do you have some just low-hanging fruit advice for hiring managers slash the co-founders? Because I, I, I've, I've organized quite a few meetups in my life and man, the, the people who show up at the meetups because I know that they are working on their pipeline hiring pipeline Mm -hmm. no value add no just clearly not comfortable with the environment driven by an ulterior motive yeah
1: so they need to be active with their social media presence they definitely need to have on their linkedin what they're hiring for you know whatever their top priority position is and advertise that out there um you know they need to um if they have an internal person who can manage the candidate flow, they need to work with that person and make them aware of their network so that they can get an outreach campaign. Um, you know, there's so much automated software you can use now to manage that anyway.
0: So social media presence. Yeah. What else?
1: Um, I think the meetup thing for sure definitely works. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, at the CTO events, um, you know, are people really – putting out there when they're having these conversations are are they asking for help I don't don't know if they are you know they might be having a hiring conundrum but they're not letting it be known to other people that these positions are open so it's just kind of voicing that yeah and getting out there
0: like 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 you're having that conversation in your head but use your mouth and get it out there (laughs) yes so Um, if it's if it's social media if it's uh meetups is there anything else that they should be doing so one so so I'm I'm asking because uh, you know as part of seven CTOs I, I I always want the CTOs to be working on their personal you know brand or their personal reputation you know if you think about the comments and the interaction you get on pieces of content you're putting out there especially if it's content that is true to who you are it's not like hey we need a node.js person i'm going to write this article about how we built our product in three weeks with node
1: right
0: you know so so
1: the job description is really important i see so many awful job descriptions and um you know sometimes they're just a list of the tech stack, and they don't really talk about the vision of the company and where they're going and what this person will contribute towards that vision. You know, where does the is that the what, role fit? is that
0: what candidates want?
1: They want a story. So you know, they want to know why do I want? Why do other people love working there? Why do I want to work there? What's the vision for the company? What's the you know the growth trajectory? What what life changing things will I impact? Yeah, so they want the story. They don't just want a laundry list. And then you have to get away from a lot of those really tired. Um, you know descriptions that talk about oh we we're really collaborative and we're such a great team and we have a keg here like everybody has a keg you know and and that actually that kind of language um can be quite um it can be quite intimidating to certain candidates as well if you're creating this sort of uh you know drinking culture it's Mm. just very focused maybe on um, the white male Mm. that that can maybe exclude or put off female candidates or candidates who Mm. maybe don't drink through religious reasons you know it's just kind of a bit old and tired and it's been done
0: so do you help do you help them write those
1: yeah yeah absolutely i will review the job description and give feedback and advice
0: so is is that generally what people should be doing is, is, is capturing the story that includes the vision, you know, and sort of the values. Yeah. Is, is that the key, is that a gold job description?
1: Yes, absolutely. And then making sure it's in the right places and then enlisting anyone in the organization, because obviously as a CTO, you want to, um, you know, just go through your top tier candidates. So if you're going to post the job yourself, you need someone administrative to help you set up those filters so that you know the only people that get through to you have answered ah, a certain yes, amount of questions yes. yeah
0: how many colors are there on a simon simple uh, simon
1: i don't know about that Four. But what are and they? then if you still can't find the person then you just come to me
0: so if i was a cto i want to i want to dip my toes into recruiting space a i have to, to trust you That you don't want to just take advantage of me.
1: Well, yes, I guess so. Why do recruiters have a bad rap? Um, because I think, like I said, a lot of them are just transactional and they're just focused on the end result and not the story. So, what is the the company? So, what
0: is the so? If I am evaluating recruiters, what should I be looking for?
1: Um, How do I know that? some who are their? You know, who are their client list? Do they have longevity with clients?
0: So, refer- calling up the referral, like ref- yeah, like getting hey getting so-and-so. a reference
1: from another client. Um, maybe talk, asking to ah. talk to a couple of the candidates that they've placed. Even you know, if you claim to have worked on a particular kind of position, oh, well, you know, can you give me an example of that?
0: Okay, so, so. I like that. So, uh, calling references and client previous clients.
1: Yeah, and then just meeting. I think you know you've got to want meet someone in person understand you know their ethos and their culture if you're not meeting with the people that you're going to be recruiting for then you know what chance do you have yes you got to make it more personal
0: yeah and i think uh just like with the social media aspect it requires a lot of your own personal investment which sure. which, which i think when you think of social media marketing, you think, well, someone's going to do that for me. When you think of recruiting, someone's going to do that for me. But really, that's, they're just doing the tacticals. You, you still have to put yourself into the messaging. Yes. Like you said, the, yes. the story and the why. And, and that's, yep. that's hard, hard work.
1: It, it's quite time-consuming.
0: Because if I am… If but I am, it's also
1: kind of fun as well.
0: If you're collaborating with the right recruiter… Because it can be tedious if the recruiter is like, no, well, you need to be doing this and you need to be adding that and you guys suck.
1: Well, I don't know if they'd say that exactly. That's an offline conversation (laughs) that we have.
0: (laughs) So what, and and then let's flip it to the candidate side. So what, uh, what should I be looking for? So let's say I decide to tap into my network and some people start sending me resumes. Yeah. Uh, what have you seen works, what are the good resumes, what like, what works on that on the candidate side?
1: Um, but How do I define that? Some resumes you see, they're just a mess. They're just horrible. And you talk to the candidate and you're genuinely shocked at how talented they are versus their resume because you've literally written them off. But there's something in there that caught your eye and you thought, oh, I'll well, call this guy anyway. And then you talk to them and they're brilliant. And their resume is a complete disservice, so I usually tell them off. And I'm, what are you doing? <laughs> you can't, you can't use the same resume format that you used in nineteen, you know, ninety-two. Well, what <laughs> you is- clearly just updated each job, <laughs> yes, Maybe Since you left school, <laughs> you just keep adding I, to I it. Actually, like, what are you doing here? Yeah,
0: I actually don't know what the what does a, what does an updated format look like? Um, well, is it know, still have, the is it still like the this description at don't the top? Don't
1: put your picture on it. Don't do it. Oh ah, no. no. No picture. Don't do it. Don't do the picture. You want some nice graphics. You've got to think about the, the UX, you know. You've got to look at it. It's got to be in a clean format. And really, you just want to focus on what you're doing right now and maybe what you did during the last 10 years. No one cares about the stuff before that. They don't care. So you—it's not like you're going to lie or take things off the resume. You're just going to make you know it very very brief, so that they can see when you graduated and what you did. But actually, no one cares. No one really cares what you're doing more than you know five years ago. Mm. Let's be
0: honest. What? So if I decide to engage a recruiter, what what are the steps that I can expect to go through? Like uh, I just had my strategy meeting. We decide to release. You know, three four hundred thousand dollars into the budget. We will need to hire people asap. Yeah. What's my next step?
1: You want to meet with a recruiter and make sure that you feel comfortable with their background and their track record of recruiting for the specific mm-hmm. kind of positions that you're recruiting for. Um, and then you want to agree, um, basically an action plan. Like, what are the timelines of you know. If I find you these people, who's going to interview them and when are they going to interview them? Because there's nothing more frustrating than, you know, working with a recruiter, they find you a bunch of great candidates and then you just sit on them for two or three weeks. So that's mm. a complete waste.
0: Uh, so, so it's an agreement from both sides. Yeah. Like. I'm going to bring you candidates, but you need to jump you need on those. To
1: act on them quickly. And it's also about feedback and, you know, calibrating. So if I send you a resume and it's completely off the mark, I need to know that. I need to understand so that I can, you know, recalibrate my understanding of the position. And the next submission is obviously going to be much closer. If you're not giving feedback to your recruiter, they won't, you know, they won't mm. be able to do a great job for you. Because so I- it's a constant feedback cycle, oh. I guess.
0: So I remember uh, when I was interviewing candidates. Um, I was I batched them up to interview the three or four that the recruiter sent me, and the first person walked in with a nice binder, and opened the binder and I saw it was on our company, you know. And I thought, geez, this is really impressive. Nice. The next person walked in and had a binder.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was the recruiter. Well, that's kind of cool, though. And that's so diligent. these four
0: candidates come in with these binders on our company. And I didn't hire any of them.
1: Oh, you didn't like the binders?
0: mm I mean, I was impressed-ish. <laughs> but then when I realized... It's kind I'm of like,
1: like being back at school, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's like, remember when they ask you this, you need to say that. <laughs> it's like, wow.
1: Or there's the whole walking the candidate into the interview thing. What's you know, that? I've heard a lot of agencies do that. They actually handhold the candidate and walk them into the interview. Wow.: Yeah.
0: That sounds like when I got my citizenship and my attorney walked me into the small <laughs> office for my interview.: oh. okay. She kicked me on the shins a couple times.
1: <laughs> well, maybe I'll walk my next. Uh, Candidate in no, I I never, I've never done that in twenty three years. I think you should. They should be able to figure it out themselves. I give them Uh, a, I call them and help them prepare for the interview.
0: Are you nervous when they interview?
1: No, (laughs) never.
0: Do you have a challenge more on?
1: If I was nervous when they interviewed, I shouldn't be sending them. Let's be honest. Oh, I wonder if this one will work out. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Have you fired
0: (laughs) client? Have you fired? Clients. Yes. Uh, I mean, accounts. Yes. Really? Yes. When, how does that happen? Is it when they aren't timely with the hmm. process?
1: Well, the active network, actually. I don't know if I'm sure I've said that. <laughs> Oops, it just came out. I love it. They were four months late paying an invoice. Four wow. months, which is ridiculous. And the, the guy was doing a great job. They loved him. And, um, yeah, they were just so um, poor in terms of their accounts payable system. I had to escalate it to the CFO. Um, and they were just very, very um, – uh, there was a lot of churn there. They they really got through yeah, people quickly yeah. and burnt them out. Um, and so I got poor feedback from some of the engineers I placed there who said, you know, it wasn't a good place to work. And you don't want to hear that from any candidate. Yeah. You want to work with companies that you're – you know, engineers are like, I love working there. Thank mm. you for getting me that job. Not, I hate it here. Can I get out? Mm.
0: In the 23 years, or well, let's think about the last five years, how often do candidates, or when they're done with the company, for whatever reason, do they call you and say, hey, I'm I'm ready oh, to move All the on. time.
1: So that is a bit of a problem, actually, because sometimes you'll place a candidate somewhere and they love it but you know for whatever reason things change maybe management changes or their position changes or you know things are just different to how they were in the beginning and so maybe you know two three four years will go by and they'll approach you and say hey you did a great job finding me this job can you get me another job and i have to say no because because i can't poach from that client if, if they're still a current client i can't pull people out of there so my contract of course precludes me from doing that so i say no i can't
0: (laughs) but that's that's not cool hey on Um, the candidate side
1: well they don't realize basically they're just reaching out for help Uh. and so i usually say hey why don't you try talking to the company about what you're not happy about (sighs) otherwise i'll tell them no I i don't say that um so yeah i usually advise them to go and talk So, actually, that happened to me recently with one of my clients, a company in La Jolla. And um, this product manager, business analyst gal, reached out and was like, I'm not happy here, and it's really stressful, and I want to leave, and can you find me something? And I explained why I couldn't and suggested she talk to them. She was like, I don't think it's going to change. It's too stressful, this project. I don't like it. Everything here is great. I hate dealing with this vendor. I can't deal with them, and that's my job is to deal with this vendor. So, I'm going to leave. Um, and so she got a, a job offer, uh, not through me, through another company. And then the CTO called me and was like, oh, you're not going to believe this. So, and so she's leaving. she got a job offer. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Have you tried to talk her out? of it?" And he said, I'm sitting down with her tomorrow. And I said, well, here are the reasons that I think she might be unhappy. If I were you, I might address these things. Um, and actually, we worked together on that, and we salvaged it. Wow! And then I had a call with her that night, and I just um, kind of reminded her all the good things about the company and why she'd taken the job. And she ended up saying, "Actually,
0: wow, yeah." And then, do you for get the a, time being? Do you get a <laughs> kickback on that?
1: No, no, I don't.
0: You do know that he might be watching this episode, or she.
1: Yes, 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 I do. That's okay. Okay. okay cool. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you know, if I weren't an ethical recruiter, I would have been happy that she'd left yes. because then I could have replaced her and yes. taken another fee. But no. Oh, I know. I've got a halo. Can you see that? <laughs> uh, no, I'm all about paying it forward at the moment. It's my, my new thing.
0: You know what? That's, that's just how it works. It's,
1: as I get older, I just, um, yeah, I want to kind of give back more. It's less about collecting stuff and more about, you know, creating good vibes.
0: I also love the way it shocks people when you're just nice to them or just (laughs) do something for them. Yesterday I was brainstorming with someone on how I can help them with their business. And they just had this complete deer in the headlights look like... Because it was from the
1: goodness of your heart.
0: Yeah, I just felt like, hey, I want to help you guys.
1: Well, I feel like San Diego is kind of like that, don't you think? The community here.
0: This wasn't in San Diego, but...
1: Okay. Elsewhere in America, <laughs> paying it forward.
0: So what tips do you have? So the, the CTO has – so I had an interview with four candidates. They all brought in their company binders. I thought it sucked. <laughs> I mean, they were all 50-50 candidates. I mean, there's nothing exceptional about them. Right. What do C, How do CTOs contribute to the problem, A, on the perception of recruiters? Like – it's very easy to blame a recruiter for X, Y, Z. How? What can CTOs improve on themselves in the process? It's just
1: feedback. It's just communication. You just like I said, that feedback loop of, you know, I liked this about candidate A and I didn't like this about candidate <coughs> B. Can we strategize on, you know, how to change things up with the next round of candidates? It's just keeping the communication Whereas
0: open. Whereas the... Uh, the opposite of that would be, man, I got some really shitty candidates from this recruiter. I'm never going to talk to them again.
1: Yeah, I'm on to the next one. Because you haven't addressed anything. So, you know, it was a waste of your time and a waste of their time.
0: And should, should CTOs give candidates feedback?
1: 100%. So I always believe in being very transparent with candidates. I'll often, you know, CC them or BCC them on feedback from clients. Um, because I feel that, you know, it's going to help them evolve Mm. or address whatever the issue was. And so I always give very candid feedback. If it's super candid, I don't share the email. Don't worry. (laughs) But I will tell them verbally and paraphrase, maybe sugarcoat it a bit. Bit of sugarcoating. Yeah.
0: So if this, if the CTO emails you back and says, you know, I... I
1: He was rubbish.
0: Then you're gonna
1: say so why was he rubbish? Is there any constructive so that... feedback for the candidate that I can share?
0: Oh, okay, so you solicit feedback for the candidate, mm-hmm. and then if the CTO says that person's rubbish, yeah. that's when you sugarcoat it.
1: Yes, but I still ask for something constructive so that I can get back to the candidate. You know, my job is to help the candidate and the company, so I need to evolve my understanding. Why wasn't he a fit, and how can we do better? And and that person needs to, you know, evolve as well.
0: What what are the most sought after positions right now? When what what
1: full stack developers oh, with Node.js and React. That's probably so, um I mean, big data, data scientists Of course, big data. Yeah, machine learning and Of course, artificial
0: yes. intelligence.
1: Yes. What no, I'm a fan, you're not a fan? Come on. Of it's what? Changing is changing my work day. What is? AI. I love it. AI? (laughs) I've got the bot working for me right now. Really? What's the bot doing? The bot is reaching out to candidates on LinkedIn, even as we speak, Wow! telling them about a remote cloud engineer position I have, impersonating me right now. Wow. I've probably got about 10 replies in the time I've been sitting here. It's amazing. I love it.
0: And is it just dead it's a Chrome silent? add-on actually. So it's when
1: developed by some sort of sketchy developers out of um You deep, know that this deep. is a
0: public <laughs> forum, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Deep deep the darkest. I feel, I feel like you've read of
0: Radical of Candor recently <laughs> or something. Um, oh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I think oh, that's what you read.
1: No, I haven't read that, but okay. maybe I may I definitely should not. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really enjoy all of the new software tools that um, I'm able to use to make my job easier now.
0: Oh, but, but I, so you're saying that the CTOs or hiring managers are writing that they want full-stack engineers? They're still saying the words full-stack? Yes. Wow. What does that mean?
1: They want them to work on the front end th- and the back yeah, end. Yeah,
0: I think what they're saying is, is we want JavaScript engineers who can code in Node and some javascript front end
1: yeah they're not saying that
0: that's what they should be saying
1: Did mm, i tell them <laughs> etienne's decided
0: i think that full stack just obfuscates a whole bunch of weaknesses because when am i not a full stack engineer
1: i mean some of the data engineers that i play so yeah
0: those are not full stack yeah
1: they're back-end.
0: So it's almost like saying you're a web developer. You're, you're a full-stack engineer. I mean, what's the difference?
1: And then some guys just want to work on the front-end stuff, or ladies. Oh. Huh.
0: Okay, so you have full-stack, which means front and back. Front-end. Do you ever have back-end engineers? Yes. Okay. Yes. So those are the three things?
1: Pretty much, yeah. And variations thereof. Okay. Yeah, that's a long pause, wasn't it? <laughs> He's like, "Where's this conversation going?" I was, I was going? trying to decide.
0: I was trying to decide if I should give. You haven't
1: asked me about any of my t- talking points. <laughs> I have. not asked you t- about feedback. Tirelessly, <laughs> filled out your form.
0: <laughs> that is just, just a, rip it
1: up. Just rip it up. No, no, no. One things.
0: thing I do want to know that I read on here is mm. you have a little story from 809.
1: 'o nine. Oh. Which I thought was was, pretty funny. Yes, that's when I was recruiting for Facebook.
0: So tell us about that.
1: So that was when the crash happened. So i lost a lot of large clients. Well, they stopped hiring direct hire. They hired contractors. Um, But Facebook was one client that continued hiring through that dark time for recruiting. And um, we basically worked on these SRE positions, um, which were, you know, it was a fancy name for a (laughs) Linux admin who could, write code basically they kind of invented the site reliability engineer role and um, devops if you will which is very big these days in terms of a term and everyone has a different kind of you know view of that and where it fits exactly in the organization and exactly what they expect of that person Um, but back in the day (laughs) it was pretty clear what they wanted Uh, but they had a very very high technical bar and so we just got so many candidates they had a crazy you know interview to hire ratio not just through agencies but from their own recruiting because I knew the internal recruiters quite well and we got one candidate all the way through the process and they had a very democratic hiring process and he um, basically got a check in the box from everyone for the technical and then you know there was the other sort of um, culture fit, and they ruled out this candidate um, because one of the engineers in the in the last interview panel didn't like the slogan on his T-shirt. Wow. Yeah, and that and was the feedback. That was the reason that was they the gave. Reason. And
0: do you know what the slogan was?
1: I can't remember. That's a bad punchline, isn't it? I can't even remember. Like, it was so nonsensical. Because,
0: yeah, because the punchline could have been very, very uh, uh, bad taste.
1: It could have been. But I don't recall it being particularly bad taste. I just remember they didn't like the slogan wow. on his T shirt and wow. that was that was the feedback that they I gave think members. the
0: slogan said PHP sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should say that since some of your membership are on the PHP stack. That was a joke, wasn't it? Yes. Okay, good. Well
0: I was taking a stab at why <laughs> Facebook would uh hate why the guy <clears throat> the guy you know? Yeah. Because you know I it's all you. PHP. Okay. <laughs> what? What? So I heard a fascinating thing from uh, Love an am- PHP. You do. You do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Actually, I built my whole company on PHP back in the day with the one we sold. Oh. It was all PHP. Oh, that's
1: right. Yeah. And monk, every time, yeah.
0: And them. every time my engineers complained about PHP, I told them, "Hey, it's it's writing your paychecks." Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna add the peas of PHP and try and incorporate paycheck into it, but right before the end of this interview. Okay,
1: okay. Talk about
0: that. So I want I heard an interesting uh, concept or analogy or uh, description of the interview process from someone from Amazon in town recently, mm-hmm. and he's he he talked and and I kind of want to go down the culture fit thing. He talked about. Uh, an interview is really trying to accomplish two things. One, it needs to determine if you satisfy the minimum requirements for the job. So if we do want you to be able to run statistical analyses on data, you need to prove that you can do that. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is to see if if you're set up for success in that environment, of that company. So, like you said earlier, if you're a beer care kind of gal, you might be. I'm, I'm in. I love, you know. Right. And so, uh, fulfilling minimum requirements plus culture fit. In other words, and by culture fit meaning, can you, when you're faced with these things from your minimum requirements. Mm-hmm. Is the culture going to be a good fit for you? Yeah. Does that, does that sound right to you?
1: Yeah, I think it's a little more complicated than that. It's also about what are you, what's that candidate going to add to the team dynamic? What does this person bring to the table that we don't have on the team, that we need on the team? And maybe that isn't always about the technology experience they have. Maybe that's a personality trait that they could bring. You know, Maybe they need more charisma on that team. Maybe even, they need a spokesperson on the team, even at the expense. Maybe they of, need a calming influence if they meet the minimum requirements. Okay,
0: N- not instead of. No. So, what do you think? What What do you think about culture fit? That <laughs> phrase, I always feel like that's a. It's
1: a bit amorphous, a, a, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like really a, hard to wrestle down. Like, it's what like does we that think you're awesome, but mean? we don't think
0: you're a culture fit. Like what? I don't understand that.
1: Um. Yeah, I think a lot of companies think when they're at a small stage, they're scared to kind of hire outside things that have worked in the past. And um, they kind of hang on to a certain demographic maybe. Like with Facebook, for a long time, they wouldn't widen the funnel. And so I think companies can easily get caught in that trap. But, you know, to talk about if someone's a culture fit or not, you have to define what that is. Like what are the company values, you know? What's the vision? You've literally got to... You've got to spell it out. It's got to be the the people who work there have to know. You have to be able to ask anyone in the company and get a pretty similar answer.
0: And how often do you work with a with a company uh, since since you're in the sub thousand employee space, right? Yeah,
1: most of our customers are under a thousand employees.
0: And and how well, often?
1: Even th- under five hundred, because otherwise, you know, often they have their own have people, large internal recruiting how teams.
0: Uh, and how often do you work with someone where, when you ask them what are your values, they're like, "I don't, we don't, we don't really have that."
1: Um, they don't say that <laughs> ever, <laughs> because they'd probably be fired. But you can tell that they're grasping at straws, yes. and Excellence. they don't really know. And Innovation. They're, <laughs> they're quickly looking at the website. Common. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Um, but that's also me kind of interviewing them. Like I said. I'm a contingent recruiter, so I could, you know, you could be my client. You could tell me I want these things. I could go out and find people who have all the things you specified. And then when they meet you, they could think it was a terrible place to work or, you know, that the company didn't have its act together. And so they turned down the offer. So I'd still gone through the process and done all the work, and I wouldn't get paid. So
0: is – and contingency means you only get paid after three months or what has it No, it just means – it's you contingent only get paid on you hiring on that hiring. person. Okay.
1: So I could do all this work. If you don't hire the person, I'm, I'm getting zero. Zilch. Nada. Is that the worst?
0: Yet. Is that the worst? Do you work with Russian candidates?
1: <laughs> yes. So very, that, fluent, so. very fluent. Very <laughs> fluent. Is, uh, uh,
0: is that the worst possible outcome for you? Is that when, when a candidate decides not to take an offer?
1: I mean, it's a pretty bad day, but it happens, you know. And um, with really great candidates, they often have two or three offers. And so you just have to kind of uh, be prepared for that and talk to them about what else they have going on in their pipeline. And sometimes I actually agree with their decision. Like sometimes I literally will think, okay, actually, for the reasons you specified, that's a better job for you. Do it. Go for it.
0: If this was an interview... Um- I would at this point ask you. So, what areas do you think you can work on on your own, on yourself? Like, where are your weaknesses? Because right now you sound too perfect. Oh no, definitely
1: not perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you really put me on the spot with that one, didn't you? So, Sam, I think having the hard conversations. You didn't need to. You didn't need to answer the question. Oh.
0: It was rhetorical. But yes, go ahead. Having
1: the hard conversations sometimes. Sometimes I'm. Uh, too nice reluctant and too nice to have the hard conversations not with candidates because i think it's important to share the feedback like i said but with clients sometimes i
0: the hard conversation with the clients
1: yeah sometimes i i avoid those or body swerve those
0: when when you feel like they're screwing up yeah Instead oh.
1: of being, you know, really honest with them sometimes. You don't
0: strike me as someone who has a problem with that.
1: Well, sometimes you've got to pick your battles, haven't you?
0: Mm.
1: And maybe they're doing four things which are really self-sabotaging. And, and, and I try to have the conversation, but sometimes people aren't receptive. Oh. So I, I think I need to work on that better, is yeah. having those tough conversations. Yeah.
0: So, in Silicon Valley, did you see a lot of, um, you obviously saw some excess, a lot of people becoming very, very rich.
1: Did, yes. And then very poor.
0: What, what's, <laughs> what's happening with all that money?
1: Um, yeah, it's kind of disturbing, actually, because I feel like there's this divide of, you know, the tech billionaires, of some who are on the side of good and some are on the side of evil. Um, yeah, no, I think I mentioned that in, in some of the, you know, notes I made earlier. Um, I think there are certain people out there who have made, you know, incredibly, um, built incredibly successful companies like Mark Benioff from Salesforce, the CEO and founder. And they're using that personal wealth for the greater good. So he's really taken up the cause of, you know, the homeless problem in San Francisco, He's actually supported this proposition proposition c i don't know if you heard about that which is basically putting a tax on corporations after they earn 50 billion um and saying we need to pay more we need to pay it forward we need to deal with this problem and then other you know people have come out in opposition to that but the proposition passed which is fantastic uh but you know he's using his personal wealth to Social change and philanthropy, which I think is fantastic. He just bought a hotel I read about, um, which he's converting into transition housing for the homeless, and they'll pay something like $500 a month. And it's, you know, in the center of San Francisco, it could be multi million dollar apartments. And he bought this hotel, he's refurbing it, going to cost him 10 million or something. Um, and that's going to be transitional for homeless, which mm. is really cool. He's also addressing the, I'm a bit of a fan of his actually. He's also addressing, um, you know, the the gender pay gap and inequality um, of women still earning 80% less than their male counterparts. 80? 80. 80 uh, sorry, 20% less. So they- um, 80% yes, off. Yes, exactly. 80% off. And so, um, you know, he, like I said, he's a philanthropist and he's all about social change. He thought in his own organization, Salesforce, we can't possibly have a problem with this because we're always hiring women and promoting women and- you know, we must pay great money to our female employees. And his VP of HR was like, well, you know what? Why, there's only one way to know, and that's the hard data. Let's do an audit. And he was like, oh, okay, because I know you're going to be wrong. And incredibly, it, she was right. And her suspicion that there was inequality, even in Salesforce, where, you know, they're fighting the good fight, so to speak. Um, it was overwhelming. In every aspect of the business, mm. women were being paid less. So they had to do a pay adjustment and they actually paid out $3 million in pay adjustments that first year, um, which is crazy, but awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. How many female candidates do you, do you, w- w- I don't, keep what disparity hard data do you on see? It,
1: but I usually do tell female candidates when they are, when they tell me what their target salary range is, usually I'm telling them, you need to ask for more money. It's usually mm. less than their male counterparts.
0: Should should an employer... An employer can't ask a candidate what their salary requirements are, can they?
1: Yeah, of course. You can ask them what your salary requirements is are. Is. You what can't is the use right their answer. historical data. You can't use their salary history to determine what you should pay them.
0: Okay, so but what would you encourage candidates to say when a CTO or a hiring manager asks that question?
1: I... Yes, I would encourage them to tell the CTO what they want to make, Double especially it. women. <laughs> women should add more because, or they need to do their research. I think um, <gasps> they're just hardwired to think, oh, I'm not worth that much, or I'm mm. asking for too much, or that seems greedy. Um, whereas the ma- their male counterparts will basically have more of a sense of what that position pays, and they will ask for at least that or more. Hmm. so it's a big problem
0: how are you helping to solve the problem
1: i tell all the female engineers to ask them more money because <laughs> yes. when they
0: do then you get a higher percentage right
1: that's exactly why i do it etienne <laughs> <laughs> it's all about me <laughs> That's a, you, you That's a good weakness. You got me. That's a good weakness.
0: That's something you can work on. It's better yeah. than the earlier answer where it's yes, like I, I'm, I'm too nice yes I'm always inflating
1: candidate salaries for my own bit
0: do you what any questions for me?
1: bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little of it? Well, I of a
0: well of a lot of fun. I um,
1: can of a I of that <laughs>
0: You know, I've I've I before I did this with Eric uh, as a professional with this rig, right? I had a little zoom Which is very impressive. I had a little zoom thing with little lapel mics and my idea was so because I'm building seven CTOs, I have to I've had to learn how to embrace the role of sales. And 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 I and I'm and I'm in many 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 conversations with people, and fifty one percent of those conversations are really interesting. And I just felt like I wish I could just say to that person, just 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 give me one second. I just wanna. Do you mind if we if we record this and then just pluck a thing down there and <laughs> wire us up and carry on the conversation? Okay. So I've just felt like I've wanted to capture those conversations. Um, That obviously doesn't work because, you know, you're having a great time and then you're like, well, that that just went weird, which I saw multiple times. Um, So then uh, Eric, I met Eric a few years ago, and Eric from day one was like, you should just do podcasts. I'm like, you know, I'm going to do fancy videos and I'm going to... And then... uh, one day when he said it to me for the umpteenth time, I was like, "Okay, well let's just batch up some interviews and do it." And uh, so I How many I, listeners I love it Do you: have? I Think I have maybe pushing about five, six hundred a month?: Nice.
1: Can you monitor that?
0: Monitor, you Do can you just basically see how many downloads you have. Or? You can see the downloads, but there's so many different channels like on YouTube. We're actually growing pretty. We just broke through 200 subscribers on YouTube.
1: Wow, 200 200!
0: 200 I mean, that's
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about my teenager right now. She'd just be like shaking her yeah, head, she's like, she'd like she'd you're, ex- you're excited about a, what? Yeah, no, so pity.
0: um, um. The first thing I did was I made I made sure to see what was out there for CTO types. And uh there aren't that many. There are some really great conversations being had on mm-hmm. on podcasts. But ultimately, I want to have the conversations I want to have because I'm as I'm building 7 CTOs, I'm talking to CTOs all day. And so the questions I'm asking you are not it's not Stuff I made up. It's like these are conversations that are happening in our forums. Sure. And so, ha, you know, I I could try and have show in and show out be with another CTO, but it's mostly, like I said, I like to have conversation. The, I like to have the conversations that I want to have. Representing my, I'm the voice of my customer. I like it. Thank you. What are your Christmas plans?
1: I am going back to the UK. Yeah. Next Thursday, I am flying with my teenager and my little brother, my second child, really. And um, we're going to my other brother in Manchester. And this year, the family have decided we're doing secret Santa. Mm. So we just have to buy a special gift for one person in the extended family, which is good. Wow. Oh. Because I didn't want to schlep all of the presents across the Atlantic again.
0: By the time this thing airs, though, Christmas would be done. So you should have said all of that in the past (laughs) tense. Oops,
1: Christmas was amazing. Did
0: you guys do Secret Santa?
1: Yeah, it was incredible. (laughs) I loved my gift. It was so, so cool. Actually, my brother sent out an email this week about planning um, all the activities and mostly about the food. Your little brother. Who's making one? my older brother. Okay. uh, He's a restaurateur and he sent out a planning email um, about family-related activities. And it made me very suspicious because he's in his 40s. He's never sent a planning email in his life. So I'm not sure where this is coming from.
0: Wow! Oh. What could it possibly be? I
1: think it's maybe the new girlfriend. He's trying. She oh. was on the email chain. Maybe he's trying to impress her. I was These worried planning that there abilities. was. Okay,
0: I was worried that there was an illness or something.
1: Oh no, no, no. Okay. Oh gosh, no! I no, hope no. not. <laughs> I think he just wants to make sure he but well, the right things.
0: Kimberly, there aren't many recruiters I uh, refer to. I think there are maybe one ones
1: oh awesome
0: i mean by the time this is maybe three or four but i'm just saying (laughs) for now but now
1: just one
0: thanks for being uh just an awesome part of our community
1: thank you for having me i really appreciate it i'll see
0: you after christmas i will yes have you chatted with the cto lately hi thank you for listening to the cto studio If you don't mind, take a quick second and please rate and review the show. It helps us a lot. Go to thectostudio.com for more information on what we're doing at 7CTOs. We also have a video or two for you that could be a helpful resource for you as you're managing your company. So thank you for listening.